done. Today is the day you all been waiting for, and I don't think it is the NCAA championships tonight. It's the Q2 preview with Joel and Dennis, 10 a.m. Tune in to premarketprep.com. In the meantime, we got a lot to discuss today. Crude, surprise OPEC uh, production cut. That's trading up five stakes. WWE is doing a merger, but that's trading lower. We got some Tesla delivery news, Medicare news. We got so much to cover. I'm going to be quiet. We're going to start this show. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Let's go right to the big board S&P futures. After that strong close, we're giving back five handles at 32.75. The buck is down a dime, 102, well, 102.08 and a half, trying to find support here. Bonds are barely moving. They're trading down a few ticks of one, 131. Crude oil, up five bucks in the 80 handle at 80.68. What a big move there. We'll go into that in more detail. Gold up ten dollars and one cent, nineteen ninety-six thirty, hovering near that two two thousand level. I've never seen it hang here this long. And uh silver trying to stay in that twenty-four twenty-four handle. That's up just about a penny here at twenty-four sixteen and a half. And Bitcoin, that's down two hundred and forty-five dollars at twenty-eight thousand four hundred and ninety-five. We're gonna bring in triple D here and uh triple D. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, just real quickly, before we go to the stocks and the news, I had Michael Pactor on the closing print on Friday. Dennis, and I know I know you love his uh, his opinions. He yeah. sticks with them for a long time. Yeah. And uh, two stocks we focused on, so jot these down. Uh, Unity, I pulled the chart up on Unity, and that had a good day. I know Mitch was uh, happy about that. But basically, uh, Unity and App app loving. APP, uh, buy the dip on these. Basically, Dennis, his thesis is, you know, with advertising, the advertising dollar are going to go more to mobile and mobile games. You know, the TV revenue for advertising is still, still, you know, huge. But he's looking for a flow in these stocks. And you guys got to go back and listen to the clip. He just had some price targets on here that uh, are way up there. So I know he's been bullish for a long time. They've been down. But Dennis, either of these stocks in your portfolio or are on your radar? I got an invader here again. Just hang on. Invaders, boys, invaders. Boys looking for his watch. So. Uh, I'll, I'll mention first if you want, Dennis. <laughs> Go, Mitch. Go, you can Mitch. find Invader the watch. The find the watch. I'll talk about Unity Might right have to quick. Lock on that door. Uh, but definitely, I'm going to be looking at Unity. I don't know much about App Loving, so I won't say too okay. much about App Loving. But at least Unity wise, I could see growth stocks starting to get a lift. Right? We had this talk with Mark Chaikin when yeah, he did. was on. Right? He mm -hmm. started calling out that he could see some of these starting to get moving. I started looking in the ditches, right? What growth stocks haven't gotten moving? Good call. And one of those was Unity. Um, so that's why as soon as it started breaking through the uh, kind of the first 30 
the 30 break right there. I grabbed it at 30.05. And I wanted to add to this name, but it never came back down. It never gave me the chance to add after that. Uh, it just ran. And of course, as so- soon as it got to some certain profit takes, I had to take profits. I was getting close to 10% on this name in one day. So, of course, I took so some profits. Sold it all? Did you sold I, it all? I took, I took a tiny, I had the tiniest you know, a runner tiny left. piece left. Yeah, I had to take the money and run. This is the type it's of the, market. It's, 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 it's the Steve Miller band market. I still think it's that. Take the money <laughs> yeah. and run because I still think we have a lot of job. And I know we've come up a long ways on a lot of stocks. People are like, yeah, the new bull market's coming. This has been a pretty good bull market here in the last two weeks. I'll tell you that much. It's been a pretty good pop here. We're coming into earnings season, which is a crapshoot. Maybe they're going to blow it away. Maybe the companies are going to blow it away. Maybe it's going to be the silver lining market, but still lots of unknowns. I think you take the money and run too here, Mitch. Yeah, I, I think that, you know. In, in overall any, stocks, that is. In overall, yeah. Overall yeah. stocks right now, we need to be thinking of how much profit can you really get? Because some people are probably holding on to their gains here and thinking that the market can keep rocketing. And I do think that that is something that can happen. But like always, we need to understand where our profit take because this market loves to take back these profits. And if you hang around for too long, a lot of times you get cut out of this market. Interesting end of the quarter. I yeah. mean, no, no end, you know, you can't. Um, and I think, you know, by by waiting to do my uh, longer term analysis at the end of the quarter, <laughs> definitely missed out on a good rally. Um, the, uh, well, long-term portfolio always catches it, but shorter term, not as much, uh, two numbers. Uh, uh, there's an X number, uh, and I'll give you that one. Uh, that, that's Friday's close. I mean, that was the end of the quarter close is where a lot of people are marked and uh, struggling with it a little bit this morning. It's still early in the session, but I think that that's a big number. And then uh, I got a, I got a, um, uh, I got I got a number on the downside. I'm, I'm not going to reveal it yet till we get there, but I can't be stubborn right now that, you know, the numbers are indicating, you know, higher prices uh, from that strong move at the end of the quarter. So uh, not going to fight the tape, though. I probably will a little bit anyways, but uh, strong end of the quarter. I mean, any way you crack it up and it was the big boys that led us to the promised land. So. Man, if they keep going, it'll be surprising. <laughs> Earnings season will determine that. But uh, we, let's okay. back up and let's just give a perspective, though, here, because we had a lot of people, you know, saying J.C. Peretz is chanting that we're in a bull market here. Um, we are in certain markets for sure. Europe, he keeps talking about Europe has been taking off. We've been talking about the relative strength in Europe. It has been very impressive. Um, you can look at the VGK if you want. There's three good ETFs. There's EFA. There's IEFA and there's VGK um, ETFs that trade over here if you're looking from the ETF perspective. And there's no doubt Europe has come back significantly from those October lows and is trying to break out here again. We know IWM has lagged. We've talked about that. But let's just bring it to the S&P. And let's look a year and a half ago where we were on the SPY. And I was uh, I tweeted this out as well. I mean, go back a year and a half. Go back. You know, you can even go further back than that. We're basically kind of still stuck in this range here joel i mean we can get bullish and we can say yeah yeah rah rah bull bull but really we have been stuck in the same spy range here for a long time like draw a line right through the middle of all that i mean you're talking about june of 2021 we have gone basically nowhere we've been up we've been down we've been up we've been down we've been up we've been down it's not even like we've been straight down we've just chopped around this 400 spy for a long time. Why can't that continue? Why can't we just be range bound? Before the bank crisis started, that's what I was calling for. I was calling for 
sideways market. And then the banking crisis started to happen in the regionals, and then I got spooked. And obviously, I did. I, you know, I had some covered calls, and I sold the stocks covered in the calls. And you know, and I've raised a lot of cash. But I mean, even in the absence of more bank crises here, we've been in a range for a long time. I think valuation just says, you know, maybe we just kind of stay in this range. Why do we have to go back to all-time highs? People say every twenty months uh, you go back. I don't know why we have to do that. But if you're arguing we're in a bull market in the USA. IWM will tell you otherwise. S&P will probably tell you otherwise. It's a sideways market. Qs now have turned. You know, and the Qs, I would argue, are looking the best. And I'm going to continue to say, to Money Mitch's point earlier in the show, I think tech is still the best place to be. Now that we've seen the problems with the banks, now that, you know, valuations have come in in tech, I'm not saying we're jumping and chasing Microsoft here, and maybe it's nuts on the mega cap tech, but I like what Mitch is doing. What tech hasn't gone yet? Some of these growthy names. We talked with Mark Shaken on the show last week, you know, about ARKK. And I'm like, you know what? Some of these ARKK stocks actually look like they're setting up pretty well. And look what's happened in two days since Shaken was on this show. Good call, Mark. Some of those stocks have been excellent. He talked about Airbnb at 118. It's 123. We said we liked that chart too. The setups were there. I see what money Mitch was looking at in Unity. All bunched up there at 30 and itching to go. So, I mean, the narrative here, you know, we have a lull before earnings season. We have another week here yet. Um, the narrative here, I think some of those little growthy tech names that haven't went, maybe that's where you're looking. But overall, we're still in the market, the Steve Miller band market. Take the money and run. Yeah, it has been that market, but now I'm going to be at least on the other side a little bit on the coin, of course, and I'll bring in a little bit of some comments here to kind of what has been looked upon, right? Everyone's been talking about the banking crisis. JP Morgan traders coming in saying today that the market has moved on from the banking crisis. Given the recovery in risk assets, the market seemingly moved on from the banking crisis and back to a macro trading environment. Uh, the lack of April Fed meeting puts additional emphasis on April data point uh, prints as we kick off earnings in less than two weeks. It's reported by CNBC. So I would have to go ahead and say here at least, yeah, I mean, we you can say that we're in a sideways market, but at least the recent price action really starts putting us closer towards a kind of almost breakout. I mean, at least from my charts, we're breaking through a trend now and really approaching towards what would be a new bull market. Which, I've talked which, about the, which are you looking at though? Because just the spy overall. S and P five hundred. Yeah, the yeah. S and P five hundred overall. And I, and 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 if we want, just because I know I draw like kind of the lines on it really quickly, I'll just throw up my charts to kind of explain it. Right. We're at a so, rate, but still, I mean, breaking out to new all time high. I mean, I can see. You know the move up to like 420 here, and I just yes, had that's the exactly. weekly up there. Okay, yeah. that that I mean that's still, and I I looked at uh, I looked at the S and P high for the quarter. I mean we had a strong mm -hmm. end of the quarter. We still are a hundred handles away from you know the high from last quarter, that February high, and I just don't I just I don't see it that the next hundred handles being like the last hundred handles with. Earnings coming up. There's gonna, there's got, there's gonna be some doozies in there, and um, and then also alluding to that 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 number that we got on Friday. Yeah, it was good. Was it great? Have we licked inflation? Now you get crude up five bucks. I mean, you know, I just think it's gonna good be a lot tougher. Bring us to the crude. Yeah.
Yeah, why don't we go to the crude? This here? is not helping inflation. This is not going no. to ease the Fed's concerns here. Yeah. This oil Let's price here today it. is skyrocketing. Mitch, what was the news here? All right, oil prices surge after OPEC Plus announced that it was slashing output by 1.16 million barrels per day. Uh, voluntary cuts would start in May and end in 23. Saudi Arabia announced saying that it was a precautionary measure targeted towards uh, stabilizing the oil market. And so here's where it gets interesting because Goldman Sachs has had a forecast for a while now that we'd go back to 95 and 100 and they're sticking to it now. They actually lifted it to 95 a barrel by the end of the year and 100 for 2024. Now, another thing that I think is interesting is what could be happening here. I did hear comments, and this was by the president of Rapsodent Energy Group. He stated that they're looking into the second half of the year and deciding that they don't want to relive 2008. Why? Because in 2008, oil prices came crashing from $140 a barrel to $35 a barrel in six months. Uh, so... What do you guys think here? You guys traded that time. I know I wasn't around on 2008 trading, but let me know. What do you guys think? I, I just think that oil was beat up very badly. Obviously, you know, we know we've been playing the oxy because of the Buffett area. I mean, that has worked very well from a day yeah. trading perspective, from a swing trading perspective, from a long-term perspective right now, because I'm up 14% of my long-term shares too. I mean, sometimes it's just about low-hanging fruit. We kind of knew Buffett was going to step in in that area. And Oxy, yes, it breached it a little bit, you know, 55 to, or 56, you know, almost down to $55. But overall here, OXY has just held up very well. I think, you know, we just look at valuations here in oil, and they're just so low at this point in time. I mean, Chevron, we've talked about this too. I was probably early because I was saying the 160 probably looks pretty good when they're doing that kind of a buyback. It went down to 150. Everything, you know, timing is everything, so you never get it perfect. Now it's back up at 169. I think on pullbacks you buy. The one problem is you can't chase them today. So people are going to come in. They're like, okay, yeah, we're going to 100. I'm buying oil stocks. And this is the people who are going to lose money. You can't be buying rips 5, 6, 7%. You got to be waiting for the pullback. And I just think we're still in that market. I'm just not buying rips. So I still like oil going forward here. I just think today's not the day to buy when it's out. USO is up 6%. Yeah, the getting a boost here. I mean, if if we did the uh, the uh, history, if we ran look back at like these OPEC cuts and the timing of it, it's kind of a little bit. You know, we got a good inflation number. You know, it's kind of like us against the world. So when the world could stick it to us, you know, they can, and that's basically what they're doing with this cut. I think you'll look at this and look at the opportunities and numbers. You'll go up for a couple days or two, but I think historical references will say that, you know, it'll be back at 75 bucks next week. I mean, they, I mean, the timing of this, I don't know if there's an exact roller rollover going on or what's going on, but I mean, when you have, I mean, it's, it's the most manipulated market in the world. I mean, you can, you can do things like this and have this kind of price action. So, um, you know, it had a dip and you think they're, they're, they're cutting, they're pumping 
I mean, that's the thing. You wait for the inventory numbers to come out in the next couple of weeks. There's not going to be any cuts. It's gonna, they're all they're going to be. They're like they're calling people in to work overtime. Uh, but with that being said, it's up four sixty eight over eighty bucks in the eighty buck handle. So you can't argue with price. Uh, there's nothing. And we've come up all there. the way back in the range. I mean, this yeah. is what the bulls have been citing. Look at the commodity prices. Look at oil and if you on oil. And and two weeks ago, they're like, you got to buy stocks because we have massive deflation happening in oil. Well, all of a sudden, that deflation is poof, gone because we just got 66 to 80. So, I mean, this hits consumers directly at the pumps. So Mm -hmm. that's a consideration here for your tech stocks as well. And I don't think it's surprising here. I don't think it's actually surprising. We just said, you know, I still think tech is good. Some of these growthy names that haven't went yet. But to Spinner's point in the chat, and it's a good one, I'm not chasing Microsoft up here, you know, near yeah, a 52 this is week not high. A I'm not chasing Apple up here near a 52 week high. And is all the ducks in a row here? Because if you're just looking at mega cap tech, everybody has flocked there. That's not the tech that Mitch was talking about. He was talking about the ones that hadn't gone. You know, yeah. this is, he was talking about a catch up trade. There's no catch up trade in Apple. There's no catch up trade in Microsoft yeah. right now. This is the reason that maybe you were buying a Unity, saying there might could be a catch up trade with some of these smaller names compared to the outperformance of those mega cap tech names. But again, if you're coming in buying mega cap tech now, I mean the valuation twenty five tight stock. earnings on tight Apple. Stock. Yeah, you had to have here, a really tight. Here's one. your ducks in a row: is you had an end of the quarter, which often stocks get jacked in the end of the quarter, which Joel predicted on this show on mm-hmm. Wednesday, and then we went up for three straight days. Joel Alconnor with a fabulous. Well, you know call. every every money manager wanted to say they had those tech stocks, right? Yeah, there you go. It's the window dressing at the end of the quarter. Oh, look at us! We're in <laughs> look at We're look in at these. We're in all these good <laughs> names here. You can see them. Yeah, they bought them all right at the top. <laughs> Here. So again, I don't think it's surprising with oil ripping like this that we're actually seeing some of the mega cap names like Apple having a pretty rough morning. So I mean, mm, S&P's down one percent, and the QQQ again, they're following that. QQQ is definitely underperforming here today. So I mean, that's there's an inverse correlation between oil and tech stocks right now. Don't kid yourself. And I think one thing that's interesting is I know that for a long time, you could say that majority was bearish, 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 bearish. Is majority still bearish, team? I don't I don't think so. No, I, I, I think, I think they're starting to be like, yeah, I'm going. Tech is, tech is the move. Let's go. Let's go. So we got to be careful with that one, right? The market loves to do the max pain trade. So one thing to consider, I don't think they turn right? around and just crash these names. And the simple reason for that is there's just underneath the demand. I mean, yeah, a lot of money behind trades. I've missed these trades. I sold my Microsoft and Apple lower than here now, where I was doing very well. You know, I'd sold Microsoft, I believe, in the middle of 2022 at 270. Now I look at it at 285. I didn't rebuy at 220. I didn't rebuy at 230. <laughs> I didn't rebuy at 240. And it's like, hmm, you know, here's the same problem. I timed the, the sell off pretty well, get out in time, but I don't it's rebuy. Hard, man, it's so hard, I don't rebuy. Man. It's so hard to do. It's such it's a hard, hard, hard thing to do. The and, oldest... and Kramer makes that point all the time. You know, you can time it well, but you don't rebuy. What good is it? It's a good point. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to Tesla. Let's do Tesla deliveries. Let's get into that action. Let's see how that dragon's doing. Um, of course, that didn't have too bad of a Friday. Keeping an eye on Tesla to see if we get you know, really above that 200 again, right? I mean, we're right on it right now. Uh, on Friday, we were a little bit above that 
They posted first quarter vehicle production and deliveries. Delivery in Q1 came in 422,875 vehicles compared to the expectation of 432,000 vehicles for the quarter. So slight miss there on deliveries. When we look at the comparables, uh, 36% increase in deliveries comparable to the year-over-year number, 4% growth uh, compared to last quarter of 2022. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting is they are not including the production and delivery numbers of its heavy-duty semi-truck. This is one thing that I think a lot of I don't think anyone's buying them, but there's getting yeah, hit. No it's one's paying attention hits, to down them. down seven and a half bucks. And what I think you got to focus on on this one is that a lot of people, a lot of people got caught in this thing on, on Friday, right? You finally got mm-hmm. that breakout over 200. They're, they're throwing some shares around, right? Five million shares have traded already. This is, a, I mean, this there is some serious selling going on here. But as much as the sell is going on, you're not yet, a, you haven't taken out Friday's low. Friday's low no. is 197.20. So, you know, it's bad news. People love to buy the dip in Tesla, but I'd like to see what, it, you know, let's keep an eye on Friday's low. And then also moving forward, a better number for you is going to be, is that close from Friday, that mark, 207.46. That's where people marked it at the end of the quarter and 207.79. So they love to come in and buy the dip in Tesla. We'll see if it holds, uh, you know, the previous day's low. But that that 207.46 is looming large here, that closing price from Friday. Yeah, I, I can't, I don't know if they're just going to hammer this thing either. The problem is all these stocks are underneath demand. There's all people who have missed it. So it's hard to just yeah. get full on rah rah bearish tech. But we've come too far. It needs a cool off. All these stocks need to cool it a little bit. That's what I would say. A little bit of short term irrational exuberance. Cool off a little bit. Maybe we get a cooling week for tech. I don't think we're turned around and just, you know, tech's going to be hated in this sell at all. I don't think that's the market. All right, we'll go to the next stocks. Uh, there was some China EVs, but just keep those on the radar. They put out some deliveries today, but I think Tesla will drive the boat there. Let's go to McDonald's as McDonald's temporary shuts office preparing for some layoffs here. And will this continue to be a positive catalyst for stocks, the layoffs? You guys think it's just going to continue to be like that? I'll just talk in general. I have a trading position on McDonald's, so I won't talk McDonald's, but I'll just talk in general that this silver lining of yeah, laying people off is you know the way to go. I mean, I joked with Meta saying if they continue to lay off at this rate, they'll have zero employees and you know they'll be the most valuable company in the world. And obviously that doesn't make sense. So at a certain point, it's a tipping point. Um, you know, they're cutting the fat. Cutting the fat is good. And that's, you know, from McDonald's, cutting the fat. I guess that's a joke. Uh, cutting the fat, though, in these stocks is a good thing if it's, you know, but at the same time, those gains only last for so long. And the reason, you know, you're seeing a lot of the fact get cut is because a lot of these companies are actually calling for tougher times ahead. See how this earnings season goes. That's what I'm curious about. Let's really see how this earnings season goes. So what do you mean? Like the corporate office, you know, they're like yeah, the corporate office are shutting down and preparing for layoffs and, and majority. So of the they shut workers, down like you don't have to if you work at McDonald's, you don't have to go to work today. Majority. No, it's majority of corporate oh, workers corporate and corporate. remote okay. remote workers. Majority of these are already working remote. So they're just working today. They're just work, they're just waiting to find out if they're getting their jobs. cut. <laughs> they're getting booted. Man, the thing is right near an all-time high. I mean, it just went from 260 to 280 in March. I mean, right near the all-time high. If you know, if you, 
I mean, 281.67 was your all-time high in November. You may have had a nice move on Friday. If this is good news, you got the 280.64. I mean, wait for the breakout here. But uh, right now, this has been, you know, it's been monthly resistance, a great run. I can't, certainly can't buy it off this news and just wait for your target. First things first, let's see what it, if it could get to Friday's high, 280.64. Actually had a pretty tight range on Friday. So let's see the uh, the parameters from Friday's range. Taking it above 280.64, get an all-time high, and you take out 278.50, maybe got some work to do on the downside. I will note, on the downside, the only double uh, area, doubled high or low, is the pair of uh, pair of lows at 276.50 um, in Mickey D's, if you're looking for more on the downside. All right, let's go to the Medicare news here. Medicare insurance underperforms as COVID protection laps for million. It looks like up to 15 million Americans are hanging in the balance to find out if they'll get Medicaid now as the pandemic era protection comes to a, a rest here after three years without reapplying has now expired. You would need to reapply. This was a headline that was driving stock prices. Um, the whole entire Medicare, like UNH, CVS, CNC, Humana, CBS, Friday yeah. night. That continues here this morning. Humana is the biggest gainer here, up 16 points on this news. Um, you can also go, obviously, UNH, of trading position, UNH, it's up 14. CVS, it's up buck 24, which obviously is a lot more things than just it's not a direct. What about exposure. the one that I like, ELV? I don't think you got a, a position on that one. <laughs> no, I don't. ELV is up nine bucks as well. So you got big moves in these things. One thing I will yeah. say is when we had the bad, do you remember this about three months ago? Yeah. We had the Medicare news that wasn't good mm-hmm. and all these things got hit really hard on it and they all yeah. bounced right back. I think you could actually see the opposite trade happen here where all these things are rip roaring and rallying the pre-market and we look at these things in two days and they sell back off. So I do think in this case of, you know, of Humana and some of these stocks here, I do think it's a selling opportunity. Uh, nice pops here. I mean, the Humana pop at 505, only a couple thousand shares of traders, so no one's making a move. Uh, if, in fact, you could get to this uh, this 505 area, this 510 area looks really juicy. Long, I mean, going back all the way to February, 510 to 512. So until you can break out of that area, I think the pressure is still on these stocks. I don't know how much they're going to hit it. Off this news, 490.67. That's 12 bucks away. That's the top of the previous day's range. And uh, I think I kind of agree with you. I mean, they're, they're holding up. This one is still bid right here uh, near the highs of the pre market session. 11,000 shares have traded. What was your high from last week? 486.29, right there. Yeah, let's see. See if you can get a, a strong bid at 486 and work your way closer to 500. But, uh, Big pops, and they did hold up over that 4 a.m. open. So uh, keep an eye on your pre-market highs on this and look looking for follow-through. All right. Well, I've been waiting for this one all morning long. Let's get to it. WWE getting Gosh. sold out there, baby. John Cena. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on. That for sure. WWE agreeing to merge with UFC as a part of a deal with Endeavor Group here. Um, Of course, they already own UFC. um, And so 
Ari Emanuel now owns a majority stake in the new company. Endeavor will own 51% stake in the new combat sport and entertainment company, while WWE shareholders will have the remaining 49%, according to the terms in the agreement. This valued WWE at $9.3 billion and UFC com- com- combined, right? And Endeavor now at $12.1 billion said the company's in a press release. So what do you guys think about this? Well, Finally, one, I think Vince everybody got out. Everybody who was sitting around here very excited for a potential merger is probably disappointed here this morning with the price action. Um, somebody yeah. was saying, I never I never looked. I was busy this morning. I haven't crunched any of the numbers here. Someone was saying it, it equates to $103 price target for WWE. I can't confirm that because I haven't. I've seen that in multiple places, though um obviously risk arbs here are looking at a different situation here and arbitrage traders are saying there's no 103 coming anytime soon because the stock's trading at 86 dollars. i mean they figure this stuff out pretty fast maybe there's some you know antitrust issues but you know maybe you know when you're calculating it out it's it's an all-stock deal you're going to merge two companies you got to figure out all the math there too so it's not a simple look at the price and go so there's a little bit of math to happen here which maybe i'll do later today but i didn't have time this morning either way those risk arbs are pretty good at it so they're saying there's definitely um you know down five dollars here on a takeover it's never something you want to see are they bringing back dick the bruiser is what i want to know jimmy superfly snooker Remember him? <laughs> Jake the Snake was good too. Uh, I just want to go back to the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what? This is this is uh, the Animal Steel. Wrestling was better in the eighties. You're right, Joel. Andre the Wrestling was better in the eighties. Nah, man. The nine. The Sheik. Remember the nine. The, the Iron Sheik. Yeah, the Iron Come Sheik. On, and Nikolai man. Volkov. The Undertaker. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Undertaker was at the nineties though. No, Come it's on, Steve man. Austin. It was I, I don't understand. You still can't be Hulk Hogan. He made Come the on, man. He was going out there. The Ultimate Warrior. You Randy guys didn't Octo have man, you guys Savage. didn't have you know the 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 dead or alive matches back in the day with Undertaker Woo, and Kane. Flair. Come on. Oh yeah, man. we haven't done that. Oh, but you're too young. You just don't appreciate the good times back ah, when we had. I was religious. Like when me and my dad would sit there and watch WWE every Saturday morning um, religiously from when I was like probably like five years old till I was at least 12. And it was awesome. I loved all the main events, you know, when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant and at the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit, 93,000 Hulkamaniacs running wild. I mean... Did you go to that? No, but I watched, watched it, Joel. It, okay. I couldn't go to that, but I'm... But anyways, but unbelievable, uh, you know, just, you know, the... The, the events back then but i mean yeah they're still hardcore fans i mean it's still come got, on know, good man following. tables ladders and chair matches with jeff hardy come on i don't I, even know who on, jeff guys. hardy is do you even know who you don't jeff know who hardy jeff is? hardy is the hardy boys you no. guys don't remember three i know the come hardy on. boys wrote books i think <laughs> the hardy boys come on man yeah this is real complicated i think i'll uh I, I'm gonna pass on the technicals on these. You see, they know the Hardy it. Boys yeah, out I'll, there. I'll, I'll let uh, Triple D. <laughs> I'll let Triple D crunch the numbers on this one. All I'll say is, uh, you know, people uh, are got caught leaning the wrong way on Friday, right? And everyone that had profits all the way from, you know, five six sessions ago buying into this, they're kind of scratching their head and say, "Oh, why didn't I dump this on Friday?" So, uh, not sure what the price takeout's gonna be. It's going to be a wild one in this EDR endeavor that's putting the deal together. This so far, I guess, 
This is the company that's benefiting it from it. Uh, for Endeavor, what do you? Where are these PR? Oh, the pair highs at uh, twenty four forty. So if this is such good news for Endeavor, we're going to hold twenty four forty and make our way toward to fill the gap towards twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be uh, like an investor in Endeavor. I don't know. I, I don't know. See the upside really to UFC like I used to. Um, I don't see it as popular as it used to be. Like, let's say the Conor McGregor days, like everyone was watching UFC. Yeah, Conor I don't McGregor think that's days. the thing. Again, anymore. everything was better 15 years, 20. Well, I go back 30 years ago. UFC didn't exist. But when UFC first came out, I agree. And now it was it's like, it was I don't better. know. Yeah, it kind of died down. too much money too now. These UFC events. I had friends over like a month ago and we bought, I forget which fight it was even. But, you know, we bought take it. your it's money like 65 or 75 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man. to watch the three hour event, they're just greedy, man. That's a lot of money to sit at I, home, like, you know, and just I mean, the wrestling event. events aren't cheaper, Dennis. How, much was, the, how event, much was WrestleMania over the weekend? They're probably like 54 bucks. So it probably is, I guess, too I guess, as everything costs so much more money than it used to, I'm just not used to the pricing of everything. Like, you know, inflation know we, station, baby. Yeah, inflation. No I thought ready. UFC was brutal, but do you, do you know what the new thing that's out there? And I'm oh, not oh, sure. The slap, the yeah, slap the face slapping contest. Dennis, do you see this? <laughs> this is I can't even watch it. What? What are you talking? Literally, about? it's slapping. it's Dennis, you, you stand competing. there, and I stand there, and you put your hands <laughs> behind your back, and I get to slap you across the face as hard as I can. Why? Why? What is this? Like, where? Where is it's this a competition. Where? It's, a comp- it's uh, on TV. <laughs> Like it's I a don't TV know. It's, show. It's savage. It's savage. It's, 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 is this because yeah. we shelter our children so much now that they have to like have you know this stuff on TV to watch? This is exciting because you know obviously we we very much shelter our kids now from everything. I mean, is this a, an offshoot of it that people are just attracted to you know violence even yeah, more? Because yeah, I mean, I even the movies I mean, now, like I feel like it's all like violence and stuff like That's just how had, it is man we had violence back in the day don't kid yourself commando was a great movie <laughs> they're pretty dang violent but i don't know I, the savage stuff world. out there be careful out there team be careful definitely world the world is, is savage that's for sure all right in a few minutes we'll be getting into of course market structure mondays tim should be with us in just a few seconds here sure. um but uh, other than that what are you guys thinking overall now that we've really started to see this tech just kind of keep pushing. Um, is there anywhere else that could maybe start getting moving? Or are you guys just still looking to see if tech stays strong? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting with a lot of cash in long-term portfolio, trading market neutral. I'll post my numbers later today. I'm, I've got the show with Joel 10, so I'll try to post them later today for the month. I had a pretty good trading mm-hmm. month. I, I think I was up close to 7% in the account. I haven't, I checked it part of the way through and I was six. So pretty sure I got close to seven. Which uh, you know, which is a dang good trading month for me when you can make seven percent of your money. So again, though, that's just trading, trading market neutral, taking advantage of little market inefficiencies. Oxy was probably a big part of my month. Um, you know, I was in Oxy again and again and again. I'm sure it was probably my best stock of the month. Um, but you know, we're just in this market environment here. It's just tough to just like you know, I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that, Mitch. What was your original question? I went on such a tangent. You- <laughs> I completely if looking, lost my train of thought. You can't chase tech. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, tech. Right? Yeah. Are, are, yeah. Are we thinking yeah. tech or any other sector? Are you watching anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. I I'm not the- bullish here. That's a problem. So I'm not, like, jumping in and looking for what to buy here. I think that the oil move just happened. Obviously, I'm long some oxy. I 
think you just can't chase stocks. I mean, here I feel like if you're coming in here and looking for what to buy right now, I feel like you're doing it backwards. Where were you three weeks ago when the S&P was 381? If you really wanted to be buying, if you were really... The bank crisis, though. The bank crisis had them scared, Dennis. Well, it had me scared, too. But I'm saying there's the rah-rah bulls that are saying the banks don't matter. You know, it's just the regionals. And again... You want to buy now, though? I don't know. I yeah, feel that's like where it gets difficult. Yeah. It's the same story. Like every time, let's go back to January before the bank crisis started. And we had multiple people come on this show and telling me, you know, 400, 410, we're in a bull market and we're going higher. And what happened in February? What happened? We went straight back down. Why? Because we weren't in a bull market. We were in a range bound market and people were buying the top of the range. You're coming in here at 408, 409 spy. You're dang close to the top of the range. So I'm not looking for what to buy in here. Sorry. All right. All right. We got uh, Tim in the background there. Is he? Uh, yeah, he's, in today? He, he's in. He's in. He's in. The alarm went buzzing. I heard it in the background there. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead. Let's get to everybody's favorite time for Monday. It's time for Market Structure Monday. What's going on? How we doing? Let's get to the action. You know the man himself. Tim Quast is back with us. How we doing? Hey, happy Monday, guys. Good to see you. Uh, well, thank you. It, uh, it's starting to get light in the background there, as you can see up here in the there high country. There you go. And we're leaving. We're headed down to Denver uh, today. It's, it, we've, uh, alas, have to say goodbye to winter. And it's been That's winter. That. Up How long have you been up there, Tim? You know, all the winter you stay up there? A, a lot of it. A lot of it. Wow, yeah. you live the dream, man. Yeah, I'm so jealous of your living life. Living the dreams, man. It's... Living the dreams. <laughs> <laughs> he lives it's... the dream. Up yeah, at the chalet, staying up there it... for months on Tim, end. you ever need someone to watch out. that place? You know, you just, just, you just holler. I've had multiple <laughs> I've had multiple offers. There's a queue, uh, Mitch. So... <laughs> We're in the I'm queue. Sure Put me and money, Mitch, in the queue. We yeah, yeah. At the, we're at we'll the stay back in the same the room if we have <laughs> We're your normal retail investors here, Mitch. We're at the back of the queue. I'm sure the high-frequency traders are at the front of the queue. <laughs> That's right. Got to get we're out of Canada some, first, we're hoping, we're hoping for some immediate or cancel orders uh, so yeah. that Mitch can move up the queue. <clears throat> yeah. And Joel, you don't have to worry. Dennis just comes <laughs> over the mountain, and he's considered to be coming from Canada. So he just he just snowboards down. Yeah, so yeah. I, just, I don't even need to get – yeah, I just snowboard <laughs> the whole way there. If I <laughs> so, Tim, was this rally like the little guy, the retail guy, or, or the big boys? Mm, good question. Well, you know, that's it, it is a great question. And and obviously it depends on who you ask, but since you're asking me, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll offer what what I you know what I can see in the data. And I think it's important for traders to understand. Um, by the way, if you want to, you know, stay in steamboat uh, you know, all winter, use market stretcher edge. And you can. Mm. Oh, that's that's what I, that's what I haven't been doing. I haven't done that in a while. So shameless pitch. <laughs> so so Joel, here you know we we uh, we traded notes over the weekend, and there were there were Wall Street Journal articles over the weekend about how retail order flow, which was very strong in February, dropped dramatically in March by more than half. So if that's true, 
and I'm not saying it is, but let's suppose that it is, uh, then we can't say it's the little guy that gave us this great March rally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there was another Wall Street Journal article, not that I'm pumping the Wall Street Journal, nor do I necessarily think that, that all their facts are right, but there was another article saying that institutional allocations to U.S. equities reached an 18-year low in March. So you could look at that and say, well, then how the heck did the market rally? Right? <laughs> if there's less money, how come there were higher prices? And to me, there's, a, there's, a, there's an answer that gets to understanding how the market works, which is very important if you're going to be successful in it, traders, retail traders, uh, that's you and me. What happens in the market? Well, a lot of the money, no matter no matter how much the allocation may reduce or fall, uh, the the a lot of money has to track a benchmark or a target date fund, and it's got to be square with those things by the end of the quarter. By which I mean that if you have, you know, if, if Meta is five percent of your the index that you're tracking, then by March 31st, it better be 5% of your holdings. Right. And, and that's, it's very important to understand that you can get in trouble uh, with regulators if you're not there. And if you look at the underlying data, uh, keep in mind, and Dennis, this is, you, you pointed this out about large tech, but just think about this. Uh, Tesla and Amazon are part of the eight largest holdings of the S&P 500, and they're in consumer discretionary. Consumer discretionary was the third best performer. Meta is in communication services, as are a number of other stocks like that. Uh, Communication services was the number two best performer. Then you've got uh, both Googles, Goog and Google, which are components. Uh, Apple and Microsoft are 13% of the S&P 500 by themselves. You add in Tesla and Amazon and Nvidia, believe it or not, Nvidia is the fourth highest allocation in the S&P 500. Put all those together, eight stocks, they're 25% of the S&P 500. So all you have to do is square yourself with the benchmark and there's less money coming into the market and it soars. And it's very important not to get caught out by that stuff, folks. You wanna know what's going on so that you know when to take gains not chances. One of my. Would you be taking gains now? Well, that's a great question. So I, I always this is what I did for edge users in the the market desk note this morning. Let's take a look at what the money's doing, okay. uh, and if we we do that, if I could share my screen, it would yeah. Be let's fun. please please do. There we go. Let's do it. And there we are. Uh, so now my visage gets older every day. It's disappointing to see myself and realize how deep the crags are on my face. So here's. Here's what I look at. The, the, first of all, what's the big money doing? What are the general trends in the market? And this is from what I just discussed. They're pretty good. Uh, so here's the demand side, and there's the price of SPY. It shot up for the reasons that we just discussed. And at the same time, the supply side fell. So supply is short volume. And I won't, you know, uh, relitigate what all that is, but it's short. It's the uh, percentage of the trading volume that comes from borrowed stock. So it came down pretty dramatically from about March 23rd to March 31st. It came down from 51.9% to 50.8. It's still over half the volume. The market is still net short. 
which is kind of crazy when you think about it. And this trend line, I could back up all the way to the pandemic, and it has been steadily doing this. So diverging supply and demand will lift prices. That happens. But when levels still are above 50%, there is always the chance that the bottom falls out, even with these kind of divergences, because all it takes is for something to stop and the market can decline. What might stop? Well, all that rebalancing. If that stops, if it's finished on Friday, yeah. then trouble could develop very quickly. How the often other- do you see turns? I want to interrupt you here just to no, expand on this point. How often do you see yeah. turns at the end of the quarter like this? Because but me and Joel's selective perception here, we often talk about turns at the end of the quarter. Do yep. the numbers show this? Do we actually see often see turns at the end of the quarter? Obviously, we had the end of the quarter on Friday, which is why yep. I bring this up. Yes, we Next. often do. We often do. Statistically, we've done some work on this. Statistically, the greatest changes occur at the end of the September quarter. Okay. But number two is March. Hmm. And then then December and June. If you were to rank them, that that's, that's what we have traditionally seen. And so uh, I don't know. And if you if you look at the supply demand balance, it's not bad. I could look at consumer discretionary and consumer staples right here. I mean, it's a good it's a 30 day view, but that's a good read into the end of the quarter. What was happening? Stable demand falling supply, but above 50 percent. There it is again. You look at consumer staples, rising demand just over five, steeply falling supply, but it leveled off at 50 percent. The whole market is, in effect, net long short. I mean, it's it's perfectly hedged. Here, by the way, is tech. This is what did it. So that finished by the, the looking at this data, it finished roughly the 28th and demand began to fall. Supply came down a little bit too. It's not bad, but this is not the kind of condition that tends to lead to a surging market. It tends to mean that the market resets in some fashion. What about energy? You could look at energy and, you know, it oils up, uh, overnight on these uh, cuts, OPEC plus cuts, interesting timing, right? You know, interesting time, the Chinese meet with the Saudis, and then the very next couple of days, they cut. I don't, you know, you could think about, well, are there geopolitics involved? Probably. Uh, I look at energy and say, it's not bad. It's got rising demand, and the 30-day trend in supply is down. It's still fairly high. Nothing is awesome, Dennis, but I would look at it and say, Whatever drove the market up into March 31st, that is ended. And so now we'll, we'll move to something else. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I can tell you what we look at, which is momentum versus, you could call it value, but we call it low volatility. Momentum, mm-hmm. low volatility. Number of components, seven in low volatility, eight in momentum. For those either condition to be prevalent, that should be 20 or more. And so it's neither a momentum nor a low volatility market. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I can tell you what I think one should trade, but uh, there will, I think there will be a change. I don't, you know, it's not like I'd look at the data and go, wow, there's, tr- there's huge trouble, but it's hard for me to get really excited about these data that I see. I think supply is too high, demand is weak, there's neither momentum nor low volatility, what do you do as a trader? Well, you have to be very tactical. 
Do you think we just have this range-bound market? That's what I've been calling for here. Yep. And I was calling for it for a long time, and then the bank crisis started, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared and just spooked. But now it just seems like the banks, you're not talking about them as much. Can we just be in a range for the foreseeable future here? Well, it, it's it's possible. And, you know, we've talked about it. You've talked about it. A lot of people, it, Mike Santoli on CNBC points out that really for 200 days, the market has been in the same range. You could yeah. even go all the way back a year ago. We were yeah. pretty close to the same levels. Yeah. So in a sense, yes, that that is absolutely the case. What I will, you know, what I always point out from a market structure standpoint is that a perfectly balanced market. So if if we were at five and short volume was at 50, the market would decline. Why? Because there's intermediation. Now it's only in tiny pieces of pennies, but that's how Citadel made $16 billion last year. About yeah. a you know a tenth to a hundredth of a penny at a time, and that will slowly erode the market over time. So why has it been able to hang around in this range? Well, I think it's the combination of of uh, three things. One, there's this continuous rebalancing. Do you are you more exposed to equities, more exposed to bonds? That helps. Uh, there are surges of momentum as things devalue. That helps and. There are, there are inflows and outflows. There are people's 401ks, there are required minimum distributions. And those things, maybe there's a slight bias to money coming in versus money going out. The three things put together keep the market where it is. If any of those things change, then we then, then I think the market declines. I'm not neg neither negative nor positive on the market. What about the financials? But, you know, we were we were yes. talking last week. We're like, yeah. oh, you know, the financials. You know, right. how can the market go without the financials? And boom, it went here. I don't know if you want to do uh, an individual bank stock or whatever, sure. but I'm just you know I'm just curious about uh, the market structure here for uh, some of the financials. Well, interestingly, the very best momentum stock in that momentum portfolio up there, which math just finds, it's a bunch of rules and the math searches for it and furnishes it every day. Uh, by the way, on Friday morning, that portfolio jumped from five to 10. So we knew that there would be a brief burst of momentum, which there was on Friday. But then uh, the, in, when the data refreshed, really Saturday morning, we could look at, well, now it's dropped back down. So I don't expect that burst, but look at this. So this is truest financial. And uh, it was caught up in this bank crisis. You can see it right here. Demand had been at five. All of a sudden it got shorted heavily right here. So then the price comes down. Everybody covers right in here. <laughs> short, yeah. short hedges put back on following March options expirations, but look at the demand. So demand soaring, supply is falling. That tends to produce gains. Now it might only be for two or three days, but it's very probable that one could get two, three, four percent in that. So is that a good indication of uh, the condition of banks? No, I don't think it is. But you could look at that and say, well, their truest at least looks good for the short term. Uh, could we draw any broader conclusions about financials? Well, not from the current data, but do I think that this problem is over? Well, nothing's changed. You know, there's been no change to the balance sheets of banks that uh, have problems related to the difference between long-term low interest rate investments and shorter-term higher interest rate obligations. That is not a good combo. And I think it is, this always happens. You have a couple of canaries in the coal mine, like in 2007, the two Lehman hedge funds that failed that had exposure to mortgage-backed securities. And we all went, I don't know what that was about. <clears throat> And then 
A year later, wham, the whole thing hit, right? So is it is it going to happen that way again? I don't know, but I don't think the banking crisis is over. And I think we have to be aware of that. <laughs> All right. Like always, you guys see this right here on the right-hand side. That's Market Structure Edge, of course. Check it out. Get your two-week trial. Actually, you can get, a, I think, up to a month now. Just look down days. below. Look down below in the description, guys. Click that link. Go ahead and get your 30 days. You don't even need a credit card to check out the program so that you guys can see what Market Structure Edge has to offer. We'll have you back on next week. Always appreciate you, Tim. Enjoy that weather out there. Have a a good week, guys. Good to see you. Thank you. Take care, Tim. All right, let's peek into the market. And let's also do a little review because Joel and Dennis have a very special day today for us, like always. Always trying to have a little something extra pre-market prep up its sleeve. How's the market looking, Joel? And what do you uh, got for us coming up yeah, in like an hour or so? Yeah, a little over an hour, an hour and seven minutes. Uh, we're, we're in a tight range here. We're, we're holding over mid-range. I'm just uh, That close for Friday is just staring at me in the face. That close was 37.75. So that's the bogey, you know, strong close on Friday. Boom, get over that and things open up. Uh, the daily resistance is very limited, uh, but I'm very excited. I finally got Dennis to work uh, more than a couple hours a day. Uh-huh. And uh, we got uh, we got uh, we're going to talk inflation starting out right with Angie Setzer. She's really got a good thesis. Yep. At 10 o'clock on premarketprep.com. Angie's going to talk inflation with looking at the commodities, the raw prices. That's what we need to look at. Right. Todd Gordon's going to do his analysis. Uh, Gene's going to join us in video, and he's going to talk. He's kind of been a little underinvested in one fund in this rally. Uh, Craig Johnson, who everyone loves his calls. Uh, Michael Houston from across the pond. Listen up, mates. He's going to be joining us. And uh, Blue Putnam, and I think if you want to stick around for some fireworks, maybe you should come out around 1145. Well, if you're not there for the whole thing, you're missing out. We're not. JC Peretz comes on at 11:45, and uh, JC he doesn't sugarcoat anything. The biggest bull of them all. Yeah, it should be fun. To <laughs> He's have bullish, like man. He is the biggest bull of them all right now. I was tweeting with him over the weekend. He's like, "We're oh. in a bull market," and you know what? He's been right here the last few weeks. Been right. I, I mean, I mean, we're not in a bull market. Let's just be honest. We he, are. He's, in, he will fight you. Don't say that to yeah, JC. He JC. will tell That's you not, we're in a bull market. I mean, he's the price action is bull market. Let's just be honest. Bull market has a certain definition, right? It's technically def- defined. Well, I'd rather go with they the, would say the, the Qs have entered a bull market because we're twenty percent off the lows. So they'll argue. Yes, you that's the what it is. The Qs that's what it is. In a bull market, twenty percent off the lows is what's important. Qs that's, did that. The Qs have that, done that. The Qs officially matters. entered bull market according to the stats. And you know what? I won't argue with the Qs. The Qs are in a bull market. You can. That's see what that. matters, man. And we'll see what happens, like always. But definitely, I wanted to give you guys the link there. Um, I came prepared. I got you, Joel. There yeah, you go. Yeah, I was you just digging for it. I I forgot I Cameron you, Cameron Dawson too is going to be coming on. Cameron. All right. So this is what I want you guys to do. Don't even don't even wait. Right now, you guys see that link in in the chat right now. Click it. It's going to open you up a new link. When you get to that new link, this is what I want you guys to do. As soon as you get there, you'll see live in 63 minutes. You'll see a little bell to the right hand side of that says notify me. Click that. Now you'll get the notification on as soon as Joel goes live so you don't miss out on not one, not two, three, four, five, six great guests that will be on today. Of course, market outlook for Q2 
Don't miss that with Joel Alcon and Dennis Dick coming up. All right, let's get to the yep. action. Uh, we'll, we'll be wrapping up here. We got we'll go Macy's to a trade zero. Off here. Let's May- go to Macy's. Macy's yeah, All right, Macy's let, getting an I'll do it upgrade. with trade zero here. Let, let's let's oh, yeah, go do, into do it. Trade zero, and then, we'll, then we'll see the Macy's. Exactly. Let's do that. Let's get to our trade zero segment today. All right, Macy's with a move here. Nice little pop there. I'm looking in the details right now, of course, using Benzinga Pro to find out why this is popping. Looks like we are at a pre-market high. Morgan upgraded Macy's from neutral to overweight, raising the price target uh, from 28 now to $29. Not the biggest raise of the target price. Yeah, you get what I mean? Like That's not the biggest raise of the the price target. But it is an upgrade, right? From neutral upgrade to overweight. overweight. Yeah. I, all these are so it. beat up. I mean, if you think we're rah rah bull, the retail stocks are way oversold. So yeah. the trends are awful. They're all sitting on the lows. Um, but, you know, you got life last week with Kohl's. We talked about that. I'm still long Kohl's um, with the CEO buy. Now you get an upgrade for Macy's. There's was it, obviously was it UBS last week that gave the negative on retail. I don't know. I can't remember I'm that. I'm pretty sure but, it was UBS. Yeah, yeah. But they are so ratings. beat up some of these stocks. And the valuations are attractive here. I mean, it's just a matter of do you really think – if you think that we're coming out and we're going into a rah-rah bull market, these retail stocks are all buys. Yeah, I'm I think still, so. still somewhat concerned that we're not through the worst part and the recession could still happen here. So yeah, I'm exactly. somewhat cautious. I still own a piece of Kohl's. Didn't add to it. It actually looks not bad to add to it. If you wanted to take a shot on the coals, you got the double bottom from the last two days of 2282, 2291. I mean, it's there. That's your number to lean on. Macy's has been murdered. I mean, the stock trades, I don't know what the P is on Macy's. But again, if we're going to recession, these earnings can go negative. So you just got to be careful just looking at low PEs. But these retail stocks are really beat up, man. Yeah, we talked about this last week. Someone uh, and it just talked about that whole sixteen and a half to seventeen dollar area that the big boys had stepped up back in October. That's history now. To me, nineteen, 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 nineteen. We're still ninety cents away from that. That's a big resistance area. That's where the bulls got to get it through and start to work their way back up to twenty two, twenty three. The top of yesterday's range. I don't know if you're going to get a look at that, but that's where I'd maybe look for about 1764. So nice pop in Macy's. All right. We'll see if we get back there towards that hourly level. Let's keep going. Let's get to some of the stocks that are on this list. And uh, there's some different kind of therapeutic stocks there. I'm not going to talk too much because definitely no expert in the therapeutic oh, stocks. Yep. Um, Oxy, of course, showing up there. Of course, that's going to be into play. Um, ERX here showing up here. This is energy two times leverage bull. All oil um, so, stocks in this Yeah, thing. a bunch of oh, oil stocks just showing up left and right. With oil stocks. USO, right? I mean, yeah. we know exactly why, right? These stocks are definitely moving. What I think is, is, is surprising, and we didn't really talk about it, was the XLE. Because the XLE was down looking like it wanted a break. And then now you're getting this big bounce off this trend line off the bottom area. So now this is now it's looking like it wants to come back towards the 90s. I mean, but you're we'll 86. So now your risk reward 75. Yeah, you're in the middle. You're getting towards the top of the range and you're chasing here. <laughs> it's tough. I think you got to wait for a pullback now. Just yeah, my yeah, opinion. You, I, I, I kind of agree not, with I, that. I like oil still going forward here. I don't think we're in a deflationary environment here. 
I do think that energy prices are going to continue to probably go higher here. So I like oil, but I don't like it today. This is mm-hmm. a huge move here. I just no. don't buy. This is one of the biggest moves in oil that we have seen in years. This is a, a big this out of the blue. When's the last time we had a 4% up move in XLE overnight? When's the last time we had the oil USO trading up 5 6% overnight? It's been a long time. The it's last time the OPEC did cuts. I mean, yeah. it, you know, that, it's that's It's good what news, but I think you got to wait for a pullback now. And they might continue. I mean, and again, at a certain <laughs> point, like if Oxy, you know, we're still in a trading range here. If Oxy gets up to that 70, I may sell it and then try to re-get because it's worked for us so many times before this 58 to 60 and then selling it higher. So um, I think, you know, I, I'm going to hold on the oxy today. 66 It's still it's been a good trade, but I, I think there's could be some more room to the upside. So maybe I'm holding some of these names. But if you use short term day trader or short term swing trader, this it's is a pretty this, good, pretty good opportunity to sell. <laughs> into, if, some profits. I, I, I won't argue with you if you're taking some profits into this. Yeah. I mean, look at your targets, too. I mean, that's one thing, you, you know, you get these outside move. I mean. Let's see if I mean crude is a buck sixty nine off its high. There's a lot of air in here, so I, right now the battle's at eighty bucks. But I mean, if you don't think this thing's going to have fifty, sixty, seventy, you know, cent rips either way, I I don't know. We'll see if it could close over eighty and make a sustained bid there. But uh, sixty six fifty looks like a good number, Dennis. If you're thinking of lighting up in the oxy, what else you got for us, Mitch? Yeah, let's keep it going. Um, there's not too much on the up move here. So let's go. Let's take a look at the down, see if there's anything that shows up for us, that stands out for us there. Um, definitely seeing some companies down here. We got what? SEO. That's, uh, of course, the negative oil. Uh, WWE, of course, showing up. We've talked a little Ooh, bit about that. One. I don't GDD know. taking a hit today. That's an interesting one that's showing up here. Um, what do you think about China Tech? Mm, PDD uh, taking a, be- a pretty hard beating it, right we, now. We've run a long ways. I mean, again, you know, we're still in a range-bound market. And, you know, Alibaba itself up 25% in two weeks. I mean, these are huge gains. So I still mm-hmm. think we're in a trading environment where, you know, we talked about the, you know, the possibility of China catch-up trade. Well, it caught up. So, I mean, yeah, if you're in those trades, it's probably time to, you know, ring the register. PDD got beat up after the earnings and never really recovered. So it's a little bit of a different story. Yeah. But you know, you look at you know all of them. You know, well, Bob Biden had a huge run. Baba, there's a story a too, run. right? There's developing here, right? It's all about spying and China apps. So all China apps right now are being kind of reviewed for if they do spying for China, and this is why PDD is taking a beating today. Um, you'll see a headline that we have. We talk about it. Uh, is P- is Penduoduo the next TikTok? Chinese app accused of spying on users. So be careful with any name that has some exposure with something Good like point. this, right? Um, I would really be careful right now, especially as regulators are trying to go after TikTok right now and try to get them to sell certain parts of their assets and things to be uh, you know, heavily regulated there so that there is no spying from the China government. I would be careful with stocks like this. And That's they're talking about the balloon opinion. all weekend too. I mean, that yeah. it took military information, you know, the Chinese spy balloons. So we still have a hot geopolitical risk with China overall yeah. as well. They're still there. Didn't go away. And uh, interesting name on the downside in tech is Meta. Meta, it's just, I mean, it's just had an incredible run. I mean, made the high of the move yesterday. 
I don't know. Forget about that gap filler, whatever. I was, I mean, now that you backed off 224, actually, I, the big tech right now is, is telling you, you know, to lay off a little bit. They're all traded down after Microsoft, Google, Amazon. Let's just look at uh, Friday's low. Ooh, mm-hmm. You're three bucks off Friday's low in Meta. I mean, how can you get concerned about it going down until it takes out Friday's low? I will the, use that. The up. trends are still here. Yeah, eleven ninety four was the high close of the move. That was on Friday. Good volume on Friday too. So, man, these things are. This is this is one of those back and fill days, right? Like you know where re, the resistance is. You know the close on Friday. You know the hype. You know the pre market low is still ten handles away, but there's just no didn't get low enough to the daily pivot overnight, but. We'll see. Tight range overnight, uh, Dennis. 15, 15 handles. All right. That's going to do it for our Trade Zero segment. Of course, you guys can keep up with everything that Trade Zero does and check out their short inventory. If you guys are looking for shorts, looking for some locates, definitely check out Trade Zero. They have an excellent advantage in that. I'm going to throw up a link here for you guys to go ahead and, of course, get the Trade Zero, uh, Zero Pro program for three months for free. And let's go ahead and wrap up. Any final comment, boys, before we get out of here? Chop. And obviously, we're going to do um, the preview here, the uh, second quarter preview with Joel at 10 o'clock on the premarketprep.com site. But bottom line, I still think we're still in this trading environment here. Don't chase. I mean, it's very few environments. And I keep you know saying the same things on the show because this is what works. There's very few environments where chasing actually works. In 2020, when a lot of people started, unfortunately, chasing was working wonderfully. People learned bad habits in 2020. You've got to break those bad habits. Chasing rarely works in trading and investing because it gets you really bad prices. Don't panic. If you like stocks, you usually, especially in this environment, get another shot. There's usually a pullback, but you've got to stay convicted with your call and actually buy on the pullbacks. And that's the hardest thing to do. I mean, three weeks ago, they were telling us in January when multiple people how, you know, stocks were rip roaring higher. Well, we got the pullback in February and March. And, you know, that was the opportunity. I didn't take advantage of it in the long term account. Obviously, I was concerned about the banks, which, you know, maybe I'm wrong about. Maybe we are through the worst of that. Maybe JP Morgan is correct. Um, but I still think you're going to get, I don't think we're rip run and rallying right to the new all time highs. I think you're going to get opportunities on pullbacks up in January, down in February, back up in March. I mean, could it just be one of, you know, one of those years where, you know, up a month, down a month, up yes. a, you know, and, and that, I mean, that's the way that's what we're looking at right now. Oh, we'll always, you know, be focusing on, you know, the closing prices, but uh strong end of the quarter, the bull, the bulls could really, you know, they're already in control, but uh another day, uh, let's see if we can clear that close. I'm going to hop here. Uh, Dennis, I'll, uh, I sent you the link. We'll uh, connect in a little bit and yep. uh, we'll see you guys look at, looking forward to talking to the experts. So yep. everyone have a great day. We'll see you, see you at 10 o'clock. All right, team, I'll get the boys out of here. And I do want to go ahead and play a little bit of a trailer that pre-market prep made for you guys to let you guys know what you guys coming up. And definitely I'll throw up the link one more time. If you guys haven't done so already, definitely get your link ready so you guys don't miss out on the experts that are going to be coming up. It's starting up in just about 51 minutes here, team. So I'm going to throw up the link one last time. Any final comments, Dennis, before? No, chop, chop, chop. I think I'm taking, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, taking profits into this. I think tech could cool off for a day or two here. I do think there will be buyers again. I don't think this is the end of the tech rally. 
it could be a little bit of a turning point, but you get back mm -hmm. to 280 on Microsoft. That's where it just broke out from. It's logical to retest that. So it's eight bucks down from here. So there is opportunities here. I do think you're going to have the buy the dip mentality in tech. So I don't think it's going can away, but I don't want to be, I think you need a couple days to cool off here. Yeah. Can oil hold this up? Um, probably not. It's just so small. I mean, you know, and again, you know, the S and P's no. are trading down because a lot of tech is pulling back here. IWM is, you know, outperforming a little bit here this morning. Got some energy names in there as well. Yeah. I, I just don't think we're going to run on oil as much as this market was rallying without oil. This market mm -hmm. is still driven by mega cap tech. I mean, to Tim's point, 25% of those top eight names, that's what drives the bus. Tesla's not helping the S and P here today with being down. Um, you know, actually Tesla's bounced though. It's only down five bucks here now. So it is bouncing. Yeah. So you're already seeing buy the dip mentality there. There's still people who want to invest in tech. So you will see some dip buyers coming eventually. All right. Have a good one, Dennis. Go do what Thanks you do best, much. man. Get to your trade in action. And you guys check out, of course, the pre-market prep special today. I threw up the link multiple times there for you guys. I'm going to play the trailer and get you guys over to live trading that's coming up next. We still got live trading. I'm ready to get after it, see what I can get into today. Of course, still got a little bit of Unity and some Cleveland Cliff, a little steel action. You guys know how I like my steel. Find out what we get into today. Zunaid, Lord Ryan, and I. Let's see if we can get some money today, guys. We'll find out. And definitely check out that pre-market prep special. Up in January, down in February, back up in March. Who knows about April, May, and June? Join us on Monday, April 3rd from 10 a.m. to noon as we run our Q2 preview. Angie Setzer talking about inflation. Technicals with Todd Gordon. And I'll be there talking about the chop because that's all we had in the first <laughs> quarter. And the second quarter is going to probably be more chop, chop, chop. But we're also jumping to Gene Munster with his fundamental analysis. Cameron Dawson with her macro views and Blue Putnam, chief economist of the CME. Michael Houston will join us from across the pond to get a European view. And to wrap things up, JC Peratz, he won't sugarcoat anything. Click below to join April 3rd. Mark your calendar, 10 a.m. to noon. Be there. Be there. Be there, team. And I'm going over live trading. See you guys in just a couple seconds.